This is podcast 183, entitled Dr. Sin, S as in Samuel, Y, N. And the music you've just heard is by the Australian film music composer Don Banks, who wrote the soundtrack for an English Hammer film entitled Captain Clegg in England and in this country, Night Creatures. And it was um, a movie, the best of the three that have been made on the subject, based on the life and the character in English literature of Dr. Sin. Now, um, that sounds like TMI, and I don't want to overdo it with the info, because you may not know about this character, although some of you will undoubtedly know about him. But I want to talk really about the character Dr. Sin in early 20th century literature and in this movie as it relates to integrated ministry, an integrated persona on the part of the parish priest. Uh, I prefer always to say minister. Let us simply say in this case, he's the vicar. And um, I am utterly um, undone and ennobled and uplifted by the picture of uh, Dr. Sin, and especially as he is portrayed under the name Dr. Bliss in um, the English um, film of this remarkable material. 
And I hope that this short podcast will serve to kind of um, distill a picture of ministry that is rare, probably inoperable, and probably entirely anomalous, but nevertheless really, really important to bear in mind as you either fail and flail at your ministry, or in fact, in some sense or another, succeed by virtue of a kind of discipline, if there's such a word, of integration, because Dr. Sin is the world's most integrated um, clergyman as we will soon find out. Um, Russell Thorndike <clears throat> was the author of the Dr. Sin novels. I think there were six of them, and uh, he uh, wrote them sort of starting around 1915 or so and ending around 1935. And um, he, Dr. Sin, um, uh, his character comes directly out of Russell Thorndike's own positive picture of the church, like um, so many of the writers who excelled at this kind of material, not including H.P. Lovecraft, by the way. Um, the uh, the great exponents of this kind of material tended to be the sons of clergymen. Matter of fact, in supernatural fiction, they were without exception the children of clergymen. And Russell Thorndike's dad was a canon of Rochester Cathedral, and his sister was Sybil Thorndike. It's interesting how um, the actress Dame Sybil Thorndike. Isn't it interesting how um, you get these? Uh, um, remarkable uh, people coming out of uh, clergy homes. It's true in Germany. I mean, almost every great philosophical name and to some extent literary name, but especially in philosophy, in um and in astronomy, for heaven's sake, in Germany, uh, came out of these literate um, clergy homes. I like to think that our own uh, Mary's and mine may have had something of this result, but Thorndike wrote these books in which a clergyman is depicted who is so integrated and so uh, unapologetic about his non-pharisaical persona that you're simply in awe. You can't believe what you're reading. He is the opposite of the evil clergyman. There is a tradition in uh, English literature, fairly recent, uh, and it's exemplified in an American, um, in an American short story called The Evil Clergyman by Lovecraft, who is no friend of Christianity. He was actively rooting for, if not part of, the other side but um, <clears throat> the uh, evil clergyman occurs in Daphne du Maurier's um, Jamaica Inn, Charles Lawton in the movies, and it occurs in a, gosh, it reaches its low water mark or high water mark in the remake of The Blob from the 80s when you have a truly devilish clergyman. Now, that picture of clergyman based upon a kind of inherent uh, hypocrisy view of Christianity is simply not accurate, but it, uh, it it is shown up so wonderfully by the opposite of it in Dr. Sin, a.k.a. Dr. Bliss, in the movies and literature that Thorndike spawned. And uh, what happens here is that uh, a, a young man named Dr. Christopher Sin, who's happily married, S-Y-N, a fellow of Queen's College, Oxford, um, something awful happens. His wife is seduced and uh, elopes by someone else, and elopes with another man and has a child. It actually turns out to be Dr. Sin's own child, but there's other children are born along the way, and it's a perfectly dreadful story. And he leaves theology, he's ordained, and he goes off to find and take revenge on this fellow named Tappet, who was his best friend, he thought. And uh, in the novels, he, um, he goes all around, and in order to finally do what is required to find this man, he becomes a sailor and then eventually becomes a pirate, the notorious Captain Clegg, as in Captain Kidd. He becomes a notorious pirate. And um, then after a series of adventures and tragedies and deep, deep uh, 
um, shattering personal tragedies, uh, Dr. Sin lays down his persona and destroys, blows up, you might say, with the help of his uh, great friend, Mr. Mips, M as in man, I double P S, played by Michael Ripper in the film version. He um, goes back to England and through a friendship he has with his great friend, the squire of Dimchurch off of Romney Marsh in Kent, becomes legally the vicar of uh, Dimchurch and the dean of peculiars in the benefice. Uh, and um, it takes on the role of the parish um, incumbent of Dimchurch. And it's the most remarkable thing. And he, however, he gathers this disparate group of poverty-stricken people who are, have no real livelihood because uh, they live on Romney Marsh um, and organizes them into a marvelous secret smuggling ring, which enlists virtually everyone in the village from the youngest to the eldest, uh, the old and alone to the young and the frisky, all of whom devote themselves to smuggling uh, mostly decanted uh, liquors and alcohol into England from France and thereby gives prosperity to the village, jobs to everyone in the village, uh, care to all who are there, and yet never loses the power of his pastoral office. They are absolutely devoted to him, and he becomes the leader morally, spiritually, psychologically, and physically of the community, and actually uh, takes on the role of a scarecrow. He dons a certain kind of uniform, you might say, and establish himself as a scarecrow in a field so he can see when the taxmen and the dragoons who are out to destroy the smuggling, which they know is happening in the area, and he tips off all his friends and his parishioners in the village. So you have a massive pastoral work going on, a kind of industrial uh, industry where he gives uh, Dimchurch a, uh, um, 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 its own living uh, and its own prosperity and yet continues to be the much-loved rector. They all know who he is. And he is there entirely to sacrifice himself or lay himself down for the cause of his parishioners. And it's a really touching story. And Peter Cushing, the great English actor, uh, embodies this beautiful man because he has a couple rules uh, as he leads the smuggling ring as the vicar. There must be no violence. There must be always kindness. If anyone is ever captured or apprehended, they must be treated with complete uh, uh, respect and uh, uh, kindness and charity and mercy and finally liberated in some way that uh, keeps the thing going, but they get liberated. He is um, an entirely kind, uh, consciously dear, sweet man, and it comes out in the movie, which is called Captain Clegg or Night Creatures, and you can get it. You can get it at Barnes & Noble today under a Hammer Horror collection. For very little, you can get it for... Um, um, this movie, Night Creatures. And you'll see, um, for example, um, uh, Peter Cushing perform a wedding in the most touching situation with Oliver Reed, but a real wedding. It's not a joke. It's completely powerful. You'll see him uh, pleading for nonviolence and succeeding in every single way when he gets up against a highly Kantian moralist and autocrat named Captain Collier. And um, he even is able to spare Captain Collier. It's a, it's a tour de force. And um, uh, finally, uh, there I Without giving it away, there's a sermon preached by the Peter Cushing character, Dr. Sin, a.k.a. Dr. Bliss, which is pure gospel and the most extraordinarily um, – uh, it's everything that a sermon should be in about four sentences and involves a bodily action, a unveiling of a bodily disfigurement that um, 
uh, it absolutely undoes you and explains everything. And not only is Dr. Bliss kind of atoning for a past life as Captain Clegg, and I'm not giving you anything away. If you call this a spoiler, you're some, you are really a nerd. I mean, because this has been out since 1915 and the movie was made in 1962 and the Walt Disney version of it called The Scarecrow of Romney Marsh starring Patrick McGowan was first shown in 1964, I think, and I saw it on three successive Sundays and was gripped by the story, although... It has a different actor. It's not as well done, ultimately, because Peter Cushing carries the role as the integrated smuggling vicar, rector. It's such a story. Anyway, this is um, just uh, a titanic picture of integration. Now, let me just ask you for a minute. What about you? I mean, let's imagine you're in the pastorate. Let's imagine you're in the ministry. Or let's imagine you know people who are, might consider being it, or simply admire people. You know, you know about Tullian, or you know about David Zoll and John Zoll and Simeon Zoll, or you've... um, encountered uh, some clergyman who seems to be on the level. Well, there are very few of them, not because they're not, they're hypocrites or they're sort of like uh, the horrible, uh, deceitful, awful wolf in sheep's clothing that are often depicted in more modern versions of this uh, persona, as in, for example, Jamaica Inn, Daphne du Maurier just took the Dr. Sin idea from Russell Thorndike and turned it around in a negative sense. But it was originally conceived as a completely positive view of a clergyman who could actually be himself. And, uh, don't you, I mean, are you, I mean, can you be, I mean, I know some clergymen who are themselves, but they basically have to sort of do it on the side. They have to be themselves on the side. What will attract people to your ministry and what will draw them and what will finally be the decisive factor in your ministry is when you can integrate that all of your parts. I don't mean that. In the you don't have to brag about it. You don't have to do it consciously. But when you are actually able to be yourself in the pulpit, and 99% of clergymen are not. It's not because they don't want to be. Most clergy are very sincere. They didn't get into it to be malefactors, you know. They get, they were drawn and called by God to do something wonderful for, to serve their fellow man, and yet here we are um, uh, where we can barely do it because of all these opinions that are all around. And by the way, um, Dr. Bliss, a.k.a. Dr. Sin, um, has the complete, his integrated persona has the complete allegiance of the village, and it comes out very clearly towards the end, both and at the very end of... Uh, of uh, Captain Clegg, a.k.a. Night Creatures, that movie uh, from 1962, powerfully. Now, the only person who could actually destroy a ministry that was integrated, and uh, I've attempted this in my own life, I, and I, when I say integrated, I don't mean sort of um, gruesome. I mean simply where you can be the person that God made you in full in a public venue without being uh, egotistical, but being simply yourself, uncon- naturally and extemporarily and spontaneously. That uh, rarely happens, Uh, but when it does happen, the only enemy you're actually going to have is the bishop. (laughs) Isn't that funny? That's really true. The only real enemy you'll ever have is some controlling person from above. There's a Disney movie called the, uh, what is it called, the North Hills Irregulars or the North Side Irregulars or something like that. It's a funny uh, sort of comedy from that period in the early 60s when there were family comedies, sort of like Pollyanna, but one grade down about a Presbyterian minister who's, who, who turns out, who sort of ends up being a bit of a, I think he's played by Edward Herman, who died recently, I think. But um, the North Avenue Irregulars, I think it's called, a Presbyterian minister who, who leads members of his church in a 
wonderful, righteous way to destroy a gambling syndicate that's wrecking the neighborhood. It's extremely well done, or it's very touching. And um, the uh, the clergyman finally, the, the, it all hinges on whether his uh, superiors in the presbytery are going to deprive him and his church of their autonomy or not. Well, this is what would happen to Doctor Bliss or Doctor Sin and Romney Marsh. The wrong bishop, but I believe he was under Canterbury Diocese, uh, would come in. It doesn't happen, fortunately, in Russell Thorndike's books. Uh, Doctor Sin or Doctor Bliss is able to operate with complete autonomy, as is right. Uh, that is his as an incumbent, he has that right, and you'll see it in uh, Anthony Trollope's uh, masterpiece, second rate, second level masterpiece, The Vicar of Bullhampton, where a bishop is able to actually properly deal with a complaint laid against a very outstanding rector. A bishop shelters a fine, fine and upstanding and delightful and good, sincere vicar from uh, an a, a, abuse, uh, I mean, from, a, from an attack by an individual and uh, in shielding him does exactly what a bishop ought to do. He protects a good clergyman. Sadly, many bishops are control freaks and this is not allowed. Um, but when, in, when you have a good bishop, and if you ever have one, stay close. And if you don't have one, you'll never win. By the way, if you have a bishop who's against you, you will never win in a hierarchical church or survive. But if you have a bishop who's for you, it's absolutely great. And Dr. Sin's bishop, like the bishop of... Uh, the bishop of uh, the, the bishop in the case of uh, Grimshaw of Howarth, Mr. Grimshaw, the famous uh, evangelical rector of Howarth, who was protected as his ministry thrived, and thousands of rural people were converted through his ministry in Howarth. He was the predecessor to uh, Mr. Bronte. Uh, in Howarth, uh, but the man's ministry survived and grew and developed and was so brilliant and so successful because the bishop, uh, instead of coming down on him, which most bishops did with sort of, quote, Methodist-type clergy in that era of the 18th century, the bishop uh, thought he was doing well and knew he was doing well and said it very plainly and exonerated him from all jealousy of his local victors who were just dumbfounded by uh, Mr. Grimshaw's success. And this is what we hope would happen to you and to me when we take up this office and are actually ourselves. However, sad to say, uh, I'd lay it two to one that you won't be able to be yourself because if you are, you'll be attacked by certain elements in the congregation who simply cannot stand it. There's always a couple people who simply, the, the reason they're in church is to hide out. They don't know it. They're completely unconscious of it. But the reason they're in church is to hide out and, um, Therefore, they absolutely cannot stand it when a clergyman, male or female, actually uh, gives uh, out his or her true self in some way that uh, is integrated and non-judgmental and non-accusatory. And that is the uh, power of this story. You must see it of Dr. Sin or Dr. Bliss who are able to swing from church chandeliers in moments of riot, who are able to conduct duels against rapists uh, and against uh, awful people both within and without. Uh, who's able to use the resounding version of the great masterpiece that the original prayer book is and um, lead his uh, flock uh, as Peter Cushing has them singing All Things Bright and Beautiful. The entire village is there, and yet at the same time... um, um, 
save them on every front from the uh, tax men. What a terrific story. And I commend it to you. I don't have much hope of it actually being something that will happen, but I um, know that when it does happen on those rare occasions when you have an integrated clergyman, uh, something very, very special and rare is uh, enabled to operate for at least a period of time. Now we conclude with simply a song I like. It's a slightly later live version of Louie Louie by the original singer Jack Ely, so it has the original timing of it, although uh, he left the Kingsman almost immediately after the great triumph of the greatest rock song ever recorded. And here we hear Jack Ely and the Courtman singing what you will well know as soon as you hear it. Thank you very much. (laughs) 